This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. The Garden Show is brought to you by the Urban Nature Store. Everything for folks who love wild birds. Six GTA locations including Woodbridge, Mississauga, and Oshawa. Visit urbannaturestore.ca. Welcome, friend, to our weekly garden party. We hope you brought along your questions. Because it's time to dish the dirt on the AM740 Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. And the sous chef of the garden, Frank Proctor, here with you on this beautiful Saturday morning. Hooray, hooray, mom nature's coming through, Double, I think. Di- double digits for yeah. the next, for the, you know, next oh, week, anyway. man, this has been the longest all darn winter. I mean, I know we're supposed to be into spring, but it doesn't feel that way, does well, it? Well, it's funny how we had that bit of warmth. Yeah. And then with the cooling, what's happened, of course, is that the early spring flowering plants mm. started to get all excited. You know, the, the bulbs started to come up and the forsythia started to get ready to, to pop. Then with the cooling, it all stopped. Yeah. It just yeah. stagnated. So the other more mid-spring blooming things have started to come along. So what's going to happen is we're going to have this like, whoa, knock your socks off because a whole <laughs> bunch of things are going to bloom yeah. all at the same time, which Wham. aren't actually supposed to. Yeah. It's supposed oh. to gradually oh, you know, dear. go through a process. So yeah, uh, yeah. yeah, so be prepared. Everybody comes to the prom at the same time. That's correct. Alrighty. Hey, i got to give the phone numbers here, okay? okay? For Toronto, you want to get a hold of Charlie? Okay, by the you neck. You want to talk gardening? Oh. Gardening, By the yes. neck. All right, here we go. <laughs> here we go. This is the beginning. <laughs> okay. Toronto number 416-360-0740. And then anywhere else in the province, toll free, one 866 740 Four seven forty. Remember, call early, call often, one question per call. If you're a first-time caller, Sebastian actually will be answering the phone today. So tell Sebastian, a very good-looking young man who's looking for a date, uh, the bell will ring if you're a first-time caller. Oh, hey, i got to say hi to somebody. Oh, here, here, we we go. Go. here we go. Here we go. Here we go. Uh, no, right. no, but, you know, I went, on Tuesday, yes. I went out to uh, our favorite spot, the yes. Grenadier Restaurant in, in High Park. And I was talking to Jen, uh, the uh, one of the t- uh, owner's daughters. There, Who works there, yeah. Works there, right. And s- somebody in the next booth recognized my voice. And, yep, yeah, and it come happens. Around. I know, it's, it's funny. And, but uh, really nice, nice people. Mary, Joe, and Anthony. I said, I'll give you a shout-out. And right. they, were, they were just tickled because... Able to put a, a face to the voice. Right. Should have seen the smile disappear when she saw me. <laughs> oh, hi. But, but <laughs> no, they were very nice. They oh, were very good nice. to hear. Good to hear. And hi. they always listen to the Garden Show. Do right? they? Well, that's good. Fans. Yeah. Hello, hello to everybody who now, always you. listens to the Garden Show. Look at this. Uh, this oh, goes oh. on for pages. Here we go. It's that time Clear of year. Clear the decks. That's right. Get out your calendars. Get the <laughs> okay. pencil poised. All right. Tomorrow, the Hamilton and Burlington Rose Society meets. At 2 p.m. at the Royal Botanical Garden Center, located at 680 Plains Road West, Burlington, in rooms 3 and 4. Lindsay Wilcox will share his techniques and methods on naturally growing old garden roses in southern Ontario. 
everyone is welcome to attend. There's no entrance fee, no parking fees. Uh, it's all just a lot of fun, and wow. it's all about roses. Good deal. Yep, and it's uh, with, as you point out, with all this cool weather, we're all kind of waiting. I mean, I haven't even uncovered most of my roses. They're just sitting there, like still look like December. Uh, okay, <clears throat> here's a nice thing also at the Royal Botanical Gardens. They're doing cherry blossoms by the light of the moon. Yeah. Okay, so imagine. Yeah, wait a minute. Okay, yeah, sorry. <laughs> You're looking at me, what? <laughs> okay, there's a Japanese custom. It's called hanami. So hanami is an important Japanese custom, and it literally means viewing cherry blossoms. Oh. You've heard of that, right? Yes. You've heard of people. Yeah. Go, Washington, and obviously, because mm-hmm. wherever there's a lot of cherry trees, they all bloom at the same time. Right. And it's like, again, knock your socks off. So this custom has been celebrated for centuries in the east. Now, the Royal Botanical Gardens is taking up the torch and adding cherry blossoms to the already popular Moonlight series. So oh, that's neat. a nighttime event, yeah. right? And they have special lighting so you can Absolutely. Yeah. Probably have little candles. So it'll be happening on May the 2nd, Saturday, mm. May the 2nd, between 7 and 9 p.m. It uh, is a magical experience when the cherry blooms are out, but you must register online at tickets.rbg.ca. Good. Okay. Sunday, May 3rd, the Ontario Rock Garden and Hardy Plant Society are holding a super plant sale at the Toronto Botanical Gardens, 777 Lawrence Avenue East in Toronto. Rare and familiar plants from members' gardens, plus donations from respected horticultural companies, plus seed-grown specialty plants from the members. 11 a.m. to 3 p.m., so very specific time frame at the TBG, free admission and parking. I wonder if we should donate. We've got those, our oak trees. Oh, yeah. Sure. Let's How many that. oak trees do you want? Well, I, I'd like at least... Two, I think. Okay. Yeah, you know, two. Because I've got nine of them in my mm, living room okay. right now. Now, they, they're just little. They I hope be. they don't grow fast. They don't. <laughs> <laughs> Trust oh. me. <laughs> You're not going to have a forest inside your No, it oh, sounds no. like a lot. I've got nine <laughs> oak trees in my living room, but, they, you know, they are literally about an inch tall, so it'll be a while. However, that's exactly what it is, seed-grown specialty plants from the members. Now, well, we're not members, but maybe they would take a donation. Well, sure. These are black oaks. They're I think quite special. Be, they'd be worth something, you know. Frank and Charlie, you oh, know. Oh, money, yeah. money. Money, yeah. <laughs> okay. This is maybe somebody could take us out for breakfast. Or well, no, oh. We should donate them to High Park. Oh, yeah, no. That go. wouldn't probably work. We got them there. <laughs> <laughs> we're, now we're going to hell in a handbasket. The whole show's gone down the drain. Pick, pick it up where we you left off. We stole the acorns. <laughs> we grew them. And now we're going to sell them oh, back. Oh, my okay. God. We didn't really steal them. We just Sebastian, picked them off the ground. Shut her mic off. I'm telling you. <laughs> <laughs> All right. A couple more things here. Okay, but just wait. May the 8th. On Friday, May the 8th, this is special too. The Georgetown Horticultural Society is hosting their plant sale and silent auction. Now that's a Friday evening from 6 to 8 p.m. at the Gellert Community Centre on 8th Line Mm -hmm. in Georgetown. So big variety of plant material, perennials, annuals, shrubs, trees, hanging baskets, etc. Home and outdoor items for all gardeners and bags of soil, mulch, and manure, everything you need to get gardening in Georgetown on Friday, May the 8th. And I will hold the rest of my announcements because there's still a week or so till they happen. Okay. Uh, they're a very wise move. Folks have, <laughs> you, you're tired of all well, my announcements. I'm tired of all those. No, I'm not. It's just that we have things we to have do. people waiting. People to, yes, people to get on the phone. And we've got callers lined up. We'll get to them momentarily. First, shall we chat a little bit about Sierra Sill? Yeah. Oh, Charlie's doing the exercises yeah, let's now. Yeah, getting very dancing. Good. Well, Looks I'm, like you're one of the pom-pom dancers, you know, oh, high yeah. school. Oh, yeah, cheerleader. Cheerleader. Yeah, I can not. just see... 
I played on the football team. I was not, I was not a cheerleader. <laughs> Trust I was, me. <laughs> I, I tried to play football, except I, I'm, you know. I know what you're going to say. What? <laughs> no. They started throwing you around or something. No, no. no I, I, every time they got in a, I was, it was my, I was, felt inferior. Every time they got into a huddle, oh. I thought they were talking about me. So, you know. <laughs> you were supposed to get in the huddle with them. Oh, I see. Oh. No, I, I was too shy. Anywho. <laughs> yeah, were where were we? We're, we're talking about exercises. Oh, yes, exercises. Sierra Sill is um, a very a completely natural mineral from the Sierra Mountains. Yeah. It's encased in little capsules, and both Frank and I take three of these little capsules every morning. And what happens is, is that our stiff joints, whether it's knees or ankles or you know wrists, are suddenly not hurting. They're pain-free. They're running smoothly. Exactly. And it's been a wonderful experience for both of us. It may work for you, too. It doesn't work for everybody. That's why the name is Joint for or call the number. Well, it's a, they, there's a 14-day window yeah. for you to try, and you'll know within 14 days whether this product can work for you. If it doesn't work, complete money-back guarantee. So for more information, give them a call in Vancouver, one eight seven seven joint 14 or check them on the web, sierrasil.ca. S-I-E-R-R-A-S-I-L Daffodils and daisies, bluebells and begonias, forsythia and foxgloves, marigolds, magnolia, lavender and lupins, dahlias, delphiniums, stalks, fox, hollyhocks, tulips and sweet williams. You pick the right place for everything floral. This is The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio, AM 740. Hey, Charlie, let's take a little trip up to your country, uh, Richmond Hill. There is My Rita country. on the line. Hey, Rita, good morning. Hello, Rita. Funny Frank and lovely Charlie. <laughs> good morning, Rita. Thank you very much. I love the way you've started so far. <laughs> I would love to know, is it too early to trim uh, my roses and my clements? Clematis? Clematis, or clematis. Yes. Uh, no, it isn't, now that we're looking at some nice weather coming. Uh, roses, this is definitely the time, actually, because you're going to just start, you're starting to see the little buds are swelling a tiny bit, little red buds along the stems where the stems are alive. Yeah. So you're going to take out all the dead wood, and anything that's brown or shriveled or black is cut clean with sharp pruners right back. Remember that we're always cutting on a bit of an angle to ensure that we're not going to have any flat surfaces to trap rainwater or dew and allow that to rot into the canes. So always a bit of a slant. And um, yeah, I I trim mine back. We were talking last week to somebody, I believe, on the radio. It was last week, this idea of I'm just trying to think if it was on the radio or somewhere else. <laughs> I, maybe it was when I was making a presentation. She doesn't know where Bottom she is. Bottom line is we do trim to the knees in the fall yeah, and just in terms of the safety. Ankles in the spring. Yeah, and ankles in the spring. So that's why, yep, it's hard pruning time and fertilizing at the same time. Okay, then. Okay. Thank you so much. Thank, you. thank you. All right, Rita, thank you very okay. much for joining us here on The Garden Show, AM 740, Zoomer Radio. Uh, Norbert in Shelburne, good morning. Hello. Hello, Norbert. Morning. Ed, Ed, oh, no, she's not not there. Okay, we'll we'll go to the next call and try and recover that a little bit later on. Leslie in Toronto is on the line. Hello, Leslie. Good morning. Good yes, morning. Hi. Hi. I have a um, a question about um, compost. Oh. I have about four or five uh, compost bins in my backyard, which I regularly fill with kitchen stuff and all the leftover garden materials. Good for you. And those bins are full of roots. Ah. So when I take the soil out of the bottom, mm-hmm. it seems to be, 
you know, at they, least three quarters roots. Of oh my gosh! So stuff. what? Oh, I forgot to ask. What tree uh, is close by? Um, Pro- silver maple, probably. No, not a silver maple. No, well, I have a silver maple in the front yard, but they're a lot. It's a long way from the backyard. But okay. there are Norway maples back there. Okay. <clears throat> and your compost bins must be somewhere reasonably close to the Norway maples. Yes. Is that what it is? Yeah, that's what it is. It's the roots. They're growing up. From, I mean, maples, Norway maples, many trees will take advantage of any opportunity to get into good, nutritious, uh-huh. fertile situations. And so that's what's happened. The roots are just growing up into. So it does make it a tough thing. Hmm, I'm just trying to think of a good way to get around that. Because once the roots are there, even if you get in there with a, you know, an axe and you cut them all out and put yeah. your bin back, six months from now, the roots are going to be right back yeah. in there. So the only real thing you could do, and it kind of defeats the whole purpose because we like our compost and our composters to be in touch with the ground Mm -hmm. right because the worms will go up and down into the ground Uh and we'll get all the activity through that soil below if you put a solid bottom on your compost bin you keep out the roots but then you'd also keep out those microorganisms Mm -hmm. that you really want is there any possibility you could move the bins somewhere a little further away from any trees um I'll have to look. I'll have to look at the property because there's a, you know, yeah. I have I have one that's set apart from the, the ones that are completely full of roots. Yeah. But it's by uh, a Norway that I keep cutting back. I mm-hmm. hope it won't will stop growing. Uh, yeah. Well, <laughs> I mean, I, I'll look around, but that's probably what it is. I couldn't just but didn't know. Yeah. So should, can I use any of that stuff? Or should of I course. Use? Oh yeah, yeah. It's perfectly fine. Oh, the hard thing is getting the compost out from those roots. Right. And they, the, the more they're in there, they're just, it's like a mass of netting. Because I've had that happen off of a vine on the side of my house where it's yeah. a Boston ivy. And it just decided that it was so close to the composter, it wanted to get in there. And it made it very hard to empty the composter. But then <laughs> if I put that compost on parts of my garden, am I spreading the... Yeah, the roots are just, they're organic. They'll decompose. They're not going to grow. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, you're right. There are some plants where a little piece of root can grow, but not Norway maples, so don't okay. worry. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I mean, and in a worst case, you always could put, you know, plywood or, or a bottom yeah. uh, on your, for your composters right. and then bring in some redworms through mm-hmm. Kathy's yeah. crawlers yeah. if you wanted. Get some redworms and get that thing happening and have a, an enclosed compost that way and not have contact with the ground. Okay. Okay. Oh, that's very helpful. Okay, good stuff. Thanks for your call. Thank you. Thanks for joining us, Leslie. Here we are on the Garden Show from AM740, Zoomer Radio. I will let you know we've got a couple of lines open now. And uh, so we can give a call, 416-360-0740 for Toronto area listeners. Then anywhere else in the province, toll-free, 1-866-740-4740. And do you want to squeeze one more uh, little note in there before we take a little commercial break? Uh, Sure. Okay. Uh, As in an upcoming event? Yeah. Sure. Again, get your calendar out. This is an event happening on Saturday, May the 9th. Mm -hmm. It's the Niagara-on-the-Lake Horticultural Society plant sale. Uh, This happens in the Virgil Arena, Creek Road in Virgil, from 9 a.m. to noon. Mm -hmm. This would be a really good plant sale to go to because, oh, you know, Niagara-on-the-Lake. It is gorgeous. So what's for sale there? Of course, the members will be bringing and will have purchased 
Perennials, annuals, heritage tomatoes, shrubs, trees, herbs, all mostly donated by the members. There's also tool sharpening available. If you want to drop by and get your tools sharpened, sit down for coffee and a muffin after shopping. So it's a well, it's a, a, an all oops all round event. <laughs> My microphone. That's what happens when you talk with your hands, <laughs> Charlie. You <laughs> smack the microphone around. Sorry uh, about that. I, I'm going to be in the Niagara area tomorrow. Sorry Are you? What's yeah. going on? Well, I'm Wine going to be. Uh, uh, no, no, I'm going to be emceeing a wonderful concert. Uh, the man. Teeny Sisters uh, are going to be singing, and and George Maswell, who is one of Canada's finest musical theater performers, a wonderful singer. Mm -hmm. Anyway, they're at the Silver Spire Church, right downtown on St. Paul Street. In uh, Niagara-on-the-Lake? Yep. No, in in St. Catharines. Oh, in St. Catharines. Yep, from 3 till 4.30. So it's a concert. It's a concert. Lovely. uh, Yeah, I'd like to invite folks. So how are you emceeing a concert? You're just introducing everybody. Yes, yes. You're probably going to tell some jokes in between. Uh, Well, I'm going to tell a few stories about my time that I spent in uh, in. St. Catharines, a uh, wonderful, wonderful town. Yes. Met a lot of nice people mm-hmm. and uh, had a ton of fun. Where haven't you lived? Well, yeah, I know. <laughs> they, they don't let me stay very long in one say, spot. You get run out of yeah, town every right. time. Then R- they invite you back. Run out of town on a rail. <laughs> mm. uh, hey, we're going to be along uh, to talk to Norm and several other folks in just a couple of moments. We do have to take a bit of a break here on The Garden Show from AM740. Don't change the radio station. Just because the weather changes, garden tips and advice all year round. This is The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio, AM 740. If I had uh, visionary properties, I could look down that phone line and see Norm. What a handsome gentleman from Richmond Hill. Hi, Norm. Good morning. How are you? Well, thank you. How about you, Norm? Good, thanks. Good. Morning. Morning, Charlie. i just like one question. Mm-hmm. Cedar, cedar trees. Mm-hmm. Is it too early to trim them? Yes. Oh. Yep. The time to tr- to think about doing any trimming on any evergreens at all is when they are actively growing. And it's too early. When would you suggest? Well, active <laughs> might be August. No, it should be <laughs> well before that. <laughs> Normally it's uh could be early June, mid June. Oh, okay. Actively growing when you see new growth. That's when we do any trimming because whatever cutting we do trimming wise, pruning those blunt cuts will shortly be covered by new growth. Ah, uh, okay. Right? So it's because okay. you don't want blunt uh, cuts obvious on evergreens. That doesn't look nice. Right. Okay. If your cedar is looking quite yellow or coppery colored right now, which many evergreens are, it was a tough winter, long, long frozen period, means many of the evergreens desiccated in the sun um, and mm. wind. So the, the west or the southern side tends to be the yellow or the copper side. Just use your, uh, your hands, put on your gloves, and comb through many anything dead will fall off. So you can clean up that way. But I wouldn't do any radical pruning. Unless something is very clearly dead, then yes, you can trim that out. But, uh, but generally speaking, for shape, we wait till the plants are actively growing. Okay, great. Okay. Thank you very much. Thanks, thanks for Norm. your call. Okay, bye now. Bye-bye. Take care. And uh, thanks for calling in from Richmond Hill. Um, Aurelia Kim. Hmm. This could well be the president of the Frank Proctor International Fan Club on oh, the line. Oh, my goodness. Well, let's check. Good morning, Kim. Hello, Frankie. Oh, it is. <laughs> it is. Good you morning. You got it. Hi, Mor- Charlie. Morning, Kim. How are you doing? <laughs> I'm doing great. How about you? Is he behaving himself? Never. No, that's good. Yeah. <laughs> 
Bet you it's a beautiful day in Aurelia. It is so. It's blue, been cold though. Lots of blue sky here. It is here too. Good to hear. Yeah. Maybe spring is starting to come. We are I looking so. at some nice weather for the next week. Anyway, I hope lots so. of sun, which is going to make a difference. I had my winter coat on yesterday. I didn't yeah. like that. I know, with gloves and a scarf. <laughs> I bet. Yep. <laughs> anyway, I have inherited a chocolate plant. Okay. How do you look after that? Chocolate plant. Yes. Hmm. Was that something the Easter Bunny brought you? <laughs> no. Okay, is it chocolate vine, maybe? It could be. It's just a little sprig, and it's got the roots on the bottom from it that I can plant it. Okay, and when the person gave you a chocolate plant, did they tell you anything about what? I mean, that's that's a good example of a common name when it could be several different plants. Yes, that's all she told me. Chocolate plant. Chocolate. Well, I'll tell you, if it's, I mean... There is a plant out there that's commonly referred to as chocolate vine. Well, that might be it. She might have been confused. I don't know. Well, here, um, if you have a pencil, write this down. Akibia. A-K-E-B-A-S mm-hmm. and Bob. Mm-hmm. I-A. Mm-hmm. So Akibia is the proper name of a plant that's commonly referred to as chocolate vine. Okay. And so if you Google that and take a look at images, see if the leaves look like what you've got. It is a wonderful vine. It's a perennial, hardy, outdoor plant. Stays, you know, grows on fences or, mm-hmm. or trellises or whatever mm-hmm. you like. It's called chocolate vine because it has little flowers that smell pink, very... right? Well, they're more brown than pink. They're oh, or these deep, deep purple. Oh, Flowers. Okay, now I'm even more confused. Mm, uh-oh. Uh-oh. <laughs> uh-oh. All right, so, well, chocolate plant. I mean, I'll, I'll Google and see what I come up with. But in the meantime, uh, uh, you know what you could do? Take a picture okay. and send it to me. All right. And uh, Frank will give my email address. Yes, I and, know And um, you could, that, that might help me identify it as well. Yeah. All right. If you've got the pen and pencil handy there, Kim, and I anybody do. else. You know want? I always do. Well, yeah, of course. All right. It is C. Dot Dobbin, that's D O B B I N, at mzmedia.com. And that's how you can get, okay? Just send send that little picture along, if you will, and um, we'll uh, have Charlie. Uh, plum for mine. Well, and, and, you know, on oh, a quick. Yeah, well, this is a, yeah, but this is chocolate. I mean, this oh, is yeah. cacao. This is what chocolate is made from. This is a tropical plant. Grows, you know, like I say, in the tropics. So these are the fruits, and this is the whole idea of where chocolate comes from. I was mm. hoping I could eat it. <laughs> yeah. Well. well, if it is, you never know. I mean. <laughs> See, there's something else you're being called. Everybody chocolate. needs a little roughage. <laughs> true. That's true. Uh, yes. We, we never have enough fiber in our diets. That's right. Um, well, all right. Like I said, send a picture and we'll see if we can figure it out. Because, I mean, okay. there's, I mean, there's cultivars, you know, cho- like there's some uh, coral bells that have chocolate in their name. So there's several, oh, yeah. several plants out there that have chocolate. Usually it's a purple-leaved plant because that's where it's – or it's got an okay. aroma or something like that. Good enough. Okay. Hey, so Kim, send we'll, more we'll, information. Uh, we'll follow up on that, yeah. okay? All righty. Thanks for your call. Talk to you soon. Okay. Bye-bye. Okay. Bye. There is Margaret in Shelburne all set to have a word with you. Charlie, good morning, Margaret. Good morning. Morning. Thank you for taking my call. It's, I missed – I know you were talking about bulbs – a couple of weeks ago, but I just got the tail end of it, and I, I don't know what to do with about three dozen bulbs that have flowered, and I'm, you know, want to know how, 
how to deal with them. Sure. Are they in pots still inside your yes, house? They're still in the pot, about three dozen. It's a very nice. large pot of Great. as a gift. Nice. So the flowers are all finished. You get out your scissors and you cut out the dead flowers, number one. Uh, you can leave the green stem, but you want to eliminate the flowers, the dried up, uh, you know, flowers, because the energy that will go into seed formation is not something that you want to do. Instead, you want energy to go into fattening the bulbs up so that ultimately they can go outside and bloom beautifully for you outside next spring. The way to to make that happen, like I say, is to cut off the dead flowers and allow Continue to water as necessary. So what that means is this, the plants, the pots, the soil should all be sitting in a sunny spot near a window, preferably. Um, the green leaves will grow, and you want to uh, encourage that growth of green leaves. You could even fertilize once with an all-purpose fertilizer because you want nice, fat, juicy green plants to grow on for what will be about eight weeks. So over that eight-week period... The plant will use less and less water, so you'll always feel the soil before you water. You do not want to rot the bulbs. You just want to provide enough water to support the growth of those leaves Mm -hmm. until the plant is finished and it will just naturally go to sleep. The leaves will naturally turn yellow. You will remove them. And then you've got dormant bulbs to go out into your garden whenever you want to put them out. You can put them out, you know, this spring when you're out doing things or this summer or even this fall. But you'll need to keep them dry and safe from squirrels, etc., until you get them in the ground. And then the idea is that they will come up outside next spring. Oh, thank you so much. I wasn't sure what to do with them. And I just was a loss, and I really yeah. appreciate the help on that. No well, worries. that's great, Margaret. Any and time at all. And if they were lovely inside your house, they'll be even lovelier outside your house next, mm. next year because they'll be that much bigger and fatter. Margaret, are you a first-time caller? No. Oh. No, I called a few years ago. Okay, very good. I didn't want to miss out ringing the bell for you, just yes, in case. Yes, I know you love to do that. <laughs> he sure does. His elbow needs a workout. <laughs> thank, thank you very much, all right. both of you. I enjoy the show, and uh, I've listened, uh, you know, as much as I can. Well, that's and great. Thanks I, so much. I appreciate it. Thank okay. you so much. We'll be talking to you Our next pleasure. week. Okay, right. Margaret, there Take we go. Take care. Uh, right here at AM740 Zoomer Radio, it is the uh, Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin as we broadcast and live and direct from the Zoomerplex. Frank Proctor, the sous chef of the garden. Under, under gardener. Under, yes. under, under sometimes I've not made gardener. my way any further than that. No, that no. It's only when we get into nematode season that you, you <sighs> get to go up and I much. shine in me- nematode season. <laughs> but we're, we're not there yet. No, no, no. no. But let's go to Welland. Have a little word with Mary Lynn. Hello, Mary Lynn. How are you? Good morning. Um, I'm enjoying your show. Thank you. Your callers are funny. (laughs) They add to your team as well. Um, I have some geraniums that the last couple of years I've been overwintering them. Mm -hmm. And this year I've done the same. Um, But from the past, they've always stayed nice and green and bloomed sparsely in August. Mm-hmm. So I'm trying to copy the greenhouse effect, uh-huh. and I'd like to try and get some more flowers on them this mm-hmm. year. And I just don't know how to go about it. So tell me something. So what? Right now you've got they're in pots. I assume yeah, you know, they're I'm, in the same pots. So mm-hmm. I put them in last year, mm-hmm. like like as I took them from our garden, mm-hmm. and they were hanging planters. Okay. So and um, so, anyways, they're they're really. 
green right now. I've got them in the sun in our living room, which is great. Mm-hmm. And one has given me a couple blooms, mm-hmm. but I'm not so sure if I should, like, do I cut them down and fertilize them and hope for the best? Uh, well, fertilizing is important, yes. Uh, that will encourage blooms. Of course, maximum amount of sun will mm-hmm. as well, and you know that. Right. The cutting down part will not have an effect on blooming. What it will do is it perhaps will make the plants more compact and dense before they go outside so that when they do grow, they'll just be very, very attractive plants. Okay. So sometimes... So I don't cut them then, eh? Well, if you don't cut them, sometimes they can be a bit scraggly coming right. out, out after the, the winter inside our homes mm-hmm. because, you know, it is dry inside. The light levels are not nearly as high inside as they are outside. So sometimes just that, that cutting back is for that purpose. The other reason people cut back at this time of year is for cuttings. Mm-hmm. Whatever you cut back, you can root and have more plants. Right, okay. Um, but I would suspect that, and I put it all down to fertilizer, okay. that uh, the whole flowering is going to be all about fertilizer. So you make sure you've got a good flowering plant fertilizer, follow the instructions, okay. you know, uh, water, usually it's a water-soluble fertilizer, so use every 10 days or two weeks, whatever they recommend. Okay. Um, and and the other thing is geraniums like to be, ten, they like to dry out f- fair amount between waterings. So depending on what it's like outside at your home with the wind and the sun, etc., just try and maybe make the plants suffer a tiny bit more than you might be making them suffer now. Okay. A little, little uh, less TLC and you'll get more flowers. Okay. Now, I do have um, a miniature plastic tiered greenhouse. Mm-hmm. And I was sort of thinking of like maybe in mid-May putting them out inside that greenhouse. Mm-hmm. It, it's it's just a tall plastic vinyl mm-hmm. PVC thing, you know. But you're in you're in the banana belt there in Welland. You could probably be planting them outside by mid May. Really? Yeah, I'd be putting and them out in the greenhouse that, now. Yeah, wouldn't okay. that magnify the sun and make that really like a hot house? Well, that's right. Well, you have to be careful. I mean, that's the yeah. operative word is hot house. And of course, in January, yeah. a hot house is a great thing. But it could become a little oven uh, mm-hmm. if that yeah. gr- little mini greenhouse is placed in full sun and the sun is shining on it and it's all zipped up. Yeah, you would bake your plants. So you have to, if you are putting them out into the greenhouse as a way to introduce them to the real world, make sure you're right on top of being there to open up and get some air in there. Now, should I put a a little bit of new soil in with them? Just mix it in? I'm not going to transplant them per se. Yeah, I think if you look, you'll see that the soil level has dropped. Right. So I would definitely spoon in another quarter to a half an inch of fresh potting soil or fresh soilless mix onto the surface of the existing soil. You can rough it in a little bit with a fork, but I wouldn't do any major mixing. And yeah, you don't need to worry about transplanting, but do fertilize. Okay, good. Okay, thanks very much. Okay, Mary Lynn, thanks for joining us. Thanks for calling. Right, oh, bye-bye. We have to take a little bit of a break. Now, you know, I'm going to suggest to folks, if they want to take a look at some of the testimonials, re-Sierrasil, that's a very good thing. Mm-hmm. Matter of fact, could you bring that up? Oh, uh, I could do could that, you? yes. She I'm, is I'm such here. an expert with the computer. <laughs> just go like Some people are a sous chef and other across. people are yes. a sous chef. Well, I wanted to make sure that, you know, folks realize that how... Uh, wonderful this product is. I'm sure Charlie and I uh, extol the virtues of Sierra Seal, whether it's the, the little pill you take three times, uh, or at least three pills in the morning for us. <laughs> Don't take it three times three, a no, day. No, no. <laughs> but uh, as well, you can get the uh, analgesic spray, the topical analgesic spray. If you, you know, sore muscles, that helps. And as I say, it's uh, seven of the world's most natural uh, 
pain uh, reducers. And then with the addition, actually, of Saracil in there. But check out some of the things. The, these are the testimonials. Okay. Um, so, for example, Debbie in Bracebridge says, I've used Saracil for almost three years. My sister-in-law recommended it because it worked well for her. Because of health issues, I had a lot of discomfort and stiffness. Walking was difficult and stairs were almost impossible. My sleep was um, read, was disturbed because I was so uncomfortable. Since taking Saracil, I have almost no stiffness. I'm sleeping well and walking easily again. Prescription Meds didn't help me at all. I'm so happy this natural alternative does. Okay, There's give them a, a call. Good example, and that's that's true. I mean, it's a rare person that that is not their experience. Yep. So, for more information, give them a call at one eight seven seven joint fourteen or check the web sierrasil.com. Daffodils and daisies, bluebells and begonias, forsythia and foxgloves, marigolds, magnolia, lavender and lupins, dahlias, delphiniums, stalks, fox, hollyhocks, tulips, and sweet williams. You pick the right place for everything floral this is the garden show with charlie dobbin exclusively on zoomer radio am 740 and the old sous chef of the garden <laughs> franklin proctor here Aged saying, in yes. the last two minutes jenny in st catherine on the line good morning jenny hi jenny oh um i was going to ask you a question about my orchid but we've already been through that so i just wanted to tell you a little bit of a success story oh sure. good love it last year at on the second, 22nd of December, I had a doctor's appointment. When I left and I started walking home, I came across a wild rose bush. Mm-hmm. So I broke off about eight pieces, come home, and stuck them in my back porch. I have a container I bring in every year that's got chives and green onion. Mm-hmm. So I thought, well, we'll see what the heck happens. Cut them on an angle, scruffed a little bit of the cambium layer off, stuck them in. I got six wild rose Growing, growing, yeah, with buds on them. Nice wow. in that same so pot. They survived that you, the winter in yeah. my back porch with my green onions and my chives that I've been doing for years, which so. they probably love because you know onions and chives. So I'm quite grow happy nicely. about that, and That's... I did the same with some flowers, rose, yellow, yellow roses. Somebody brought me in the beginning of October, and I just stuck them in the ground, <sighs> and they've got about a dozen shoots on them. So I'm going to have pink and yellow roses this year. Excellent, oh, isn't that neat? Good for you. Nice, to, nice story. Good to hear. Thanks. Oh, I just thought I'd give you a I love it. little success story. I felt pretty good about yes, that. Well, listen, as you should. Everybody take pictures. Right. Everybody who, <laughs> particularly, thank, thank you. you very much, uh, Jenny. Uh, everybody who is uh, just getting into gardening, yeah. as, as I am, I'm, I'm getting turned on by, mm-hmm. you know, our, the, growing little acorns. Uh, mm-hmm. I was just checking with Charlie how they're coming along, and very well, I'm told. So yes, yes. I can't um, wait to. Soon I'm going to put them in your living room instead of mine. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Ivana, uh from Brampton, is that correct? Yes, I hope so. Hello, Vanna. Good morning. Morning. And thank you for taking my call. Um, I have a problem with a wisteria. Mm-hmm. I love those flowers, and we planted one well over 15 years mm-hmm. ago. Mm-hmm. And um, at first, it was a very late bloomer. Uh, we hardly got any leaves uh, sprouting till almost the end of summer. So then uh, about uh, some 10 years ago or so, we decided, we had heard, you know, like, uh, if you, you know, break the roots and, uh, uh, you know, try to cut it down, uh, it comes back stronger. Mm-hmm. So we did that. And now uh, the leaves come on, uh, you know, much sooner. And, uh, you know, the plant grows. It, uh, I get tons of leaves, but I've never had a flower. Oh, wow. In 10 years. In more than 10 more years. More than 10 wow. years. 
Huh. So I'm, I'm at a loss as to what to do with it. I think you got a bummer there, I really Well, no, yeah. actually, wisteria no. are often very slow to flower. Oh. Uh, they, they need to reach a certain maturity level, which is one of the things we say, if you can, buy a wisteria in flower at the garden center because you'll well, know that it, it is flowering. Was, when we first bought this one, it mm-hmm. was like a cutting from, a, you know, in, in a bag. Yeah. Then um, uh, maybe 12 years ago or so, I decided, well, let me buy, you know, one from a garden center mm-hmm. with blooms and put it in front of it, <laughs> you know, and hopefully something will happen. And the one that I bought from the garden center ended up dying. Oh. Uh, and this one is just, uh, you know, spreading all over the place. <laughs> you know, lots of uh, leaves, yeah. but no flowers. Okay, it does come down to pruning. So I, we don't have enough time, and it's very hard to really explain on the radio how to prune a wisteria. But okay. honestly, unpruned wisteria will take over the world. Right. And so <laughs> they grow like stink. They send green everywhere. Yes. And it's the, you, we actually, to pr- they're pruned more than once a year to, to not only train them, but to support flower bud formation. Okay. So two options. I well, I was going to say two options here. One is I can recommend that you go, to, I know CanadianGardening.com yep. has, uh, yeah, there it is, CanadianGardening.com. Make your wisteria bloom. Canadian Gardening is a okay. magazine. Yes. So go to that, like just go to CanadianGardening.com, how yep. to techniques, make your wisteria bloom. It's all about turning a barren wisteria into a prolific bloomer. And oh. it is a Canadian magazine written by a Canadian author. So it's, uh, you know, it's all Ontario based. So you're in good, good hands to follow that particular uh, bit of information. All righty. I appreciate it. Okay. okay. Thank you very much. Thanks thank you very for the much, call. Ivana. Take care. I love your show. Thank you. Oh, thank you very much. All right. All well, righty. Hey, my gosh. Uh, racetrack, as they say. As they say, my so friend. So you, you're back, my friend? Uh, I am. Two you, o'clock. Two o'clock, yeah. yeah. From 2 to 3.30, and then there's a whole bunch of good stuff following that that I'll tell you more about a little later on. Okay. And we've got some uh, really neat stuff. I received a wonderful, it's not a poem, just thoughts. Mm. Uh, someone sent me some wonderful thoughts. Uh, that Audrey Hepburn was asked for some beauty tips, and... It's wonderful what she replied. And okay, so, so now we're hanging that. on the edges well, of I our know, seats. It's called, that's called a, a, a hook. Okay, that's so can you give us out. one small example? Yeah. Um, hands. Always make sure that you uh, use your hands to help yourself and others. Is, um, I mean, yeah, really nice. wonderful. Yeah. But, uh, some, she was a pretty yeah. special person. Yeah, yeah. All right, heart, so now I don't have any time to tell you about Grow Up, but if you're anywhere near the Gladstone Hotel, there's a pretty pretty fun event going on there. It's all about gardening in the urban environment, and we got to go. Thanks, Frank. Thanks to the callers. Okay, Thanks, Charlie. Sebastian. Next week. The Garden Show is brought to you by The Urban Nature Store. Everything for folks who love wild birds. Six GTA locations, including Woodbridge, Mississauga, and Oshawa. Visit urbannaturestore.ca. This has been an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. This has been an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio. The new AM740. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.